to us. Amen. All the time, God is good. There you go. Amen. So I'm going to bring up the rear here, I guess, and bring up the tail end of this um, lesson that Brother Parker's been teaching on um, soldier Christian soldiers in prayer. And I guess my wife went ahead and hit play, record, whatever. Amen. So bless God. Hopefully this will record. Amen. Our key scripture for this entire month has been 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 through 4. And I apologize, we don't have the scriptures up there. Um, but it's on the paper, and if you don't have a paper, it's in your Bible. Amen. I like hearing the rustling sounds of Bible pages rustling. We, we had overhead projectors when I first got in church. We didn't have all this. And if the overhead projector person that stuck the stuff on the overhead projector wasn't there, then we didn't get that. So we just, you heard a lot of rustling of pages when, when I started in church. And uh, so, amen. Got to know where your, where your scriptures are in your Bible. Amen. Because you, you might need to know that when you're trying to teach somebody a Bible study. Amen. I mean, I'm, I've started leaning on this iPad. I can just tap and search and tell it where to go, and it'll just go there. Amen. And if I want to change, if I want to change uh, from the King James Version to the Amplified right in the middle, I can just do that. A couple taps of the finger, and I can just go to the, you know, whatever translation I want, and then back to the King James if I want. So I love it. It just helps me, um, you know, study the Bible. It gives me a little bit of insight into what what the Greek, what they were really saying, what what was happening back in the day when they wrote this stuff. They weren't, they didn't have iPads, they didn't have highways, they didn't have cars, they didn't talk like we talk in this country, they didn't act like we didn't, their lifestyles were totally different. So it's good to know sometimes the context of what they were saying, so I like to dig sometimes, and I have a real hard time reading that bread schedule sometimes because I get stuck on one I'll get stuck on one, and I won't get off of it for a week. Amen. And so I get behind, and then i got to hurry up and catch up. And I hate doing that. I hate just flying. I don't want to miss something, trying to hurry up and get through my bread schedule. You know, you might miss a nugget if you're just flying through it, right? Amen. Anybody else in here besides me ever run across those scriptures that you've read a hundred times, and somehow or another, for some reason, they're just... The light comes on, and just something clicks. That you've read that many times before, but now some all of a sudden it's jumping off the page, and you're going, "Wow, I never saw that." Or somebody somebody else enlightened you to that, and you're looking at that, going, "I never saw that scripture that way." Amen. And so, Amen. I hope everybody, if the, if you do have the internet, if, you, if that you're getting to at least get on the UPCI General Conference website and at least try to to uh, View some of the services. I know they were having a couple of little problems with audio, and uh, they seem to overcome that. I was able to watch one minister last night preach and some of the choir singing and stuff. So, amen. But it's pretty clear, and it's once you get on there, it's uh, it's it'll be good to get on there and, and hear some other preaching, you know, and uh, see see our people. I mean, because they have cameras on the crowd, so you can see all the apostolic people there worshiping and. And things. So anyway, we're going to get
get right on this. And uh, Brother Parker left off on page 5, I believe it was, under where it says intercessions. Amen. And so we're going to kind of pick up there and then uh, drive, land this airplane tonight at the end of this Bible study. And so it says there that intercessory prayer is the act of praying to God on behalf of others. Amen. Anybody ever heard the terms intercession and travail? Amen. And tra- what is travail? That's uh, The Bible talks uses the word travail in reference to a woman giving birth. And so travail is something very deep and very, like right down in here where you just... The Bible talks about with groanings that cannot be uttered, where you've, you've gone beyond praying in your natural language. You've even gone beyond, in many cases, praying in tongues. You've gone to a place where, uh, when I was talking Sunday about that young man and his wife that were going to commit suicide, that was, I can think back and I can remember, I can remember the feeling in my stomach where I, it was like it wrenched my stomach. I was praying so hard for that situation. I didn't know. I just knew that God just laid that on me at that moment, and I just remember getting up feeling like I had just wrestled with something, you know, really physically wrestled with something and, and uh, you know, physically sore and tired from that. And so that's what, you know, if you think about it, you know, we're all adults in this room, a woman giving birth, that is not, you know, I've witnessed that twice. That is not an easy thing to do. I would never want to go through that. And they say that physiologically men wouldn't be able to go through that. It would literally kill us. Because God created the female to go through that over and over and over. Amen. My wife's stepmother is one of 17 of the same mom and dad. So she was the youngest of 17. Amen. And so God is, it's amazing the the things that God creates us to do, you know, and scientists are trying to, to do this and create, you know, recreate human beings. And you can't take what God has done and try to, to do that. Anyway, that's totally off the subject. But anyway, intercession and travail. We've got to pray for others. Amen. I, don't, I can't tell you if somebody was interceding and travailing for me, but I sure hope they were. Amen. When when I finally got my eyes open, when I finally came to that place at 30 years old where it was like, boom, the light came on and I said, wow, this I see this. I've got to have this. Amen. And and there's people out there that in this city, maybe right next door behind us or down the street or, you know, Oktoberfest is coming up. Amen. And so there's there are spirits in this city that are controlling the lives of people just like they were controlling our lives at one time. I mean, if you think about the madman from Gadara in the Bible, the, the man that had the 2,000 demons in him, and he, the, the Lord answered the devil's prayer, and the devil said, Don't, just cast us out into the pigs over there. And the Lord said, okay, go. And he cast, because he asked him what his name was, this demon that was inside of this, young man that was living in the cemetery cutting himself and they couldn't even put chains on him and and so he asked him what his name was and he he said i am legion for we are many and so they cast him into two thousand pigs and those two thousand pigs what did they do they ran down the hill and committed suicide (laughs) and as one preacher said pigs won't put up with some stuff that people will put up with some spirits. 
So that lets you know that that, that that dude was putting up with some stuff. How many spirits do we put up with? How many spirits are those people out there that are getting ready to celebrate Oktoberfest? Are the spirits that they're taking in are not just the, the alcohol. They're taking in some spirits. And those spirits are ruling their life. Amen. And we are the lighthouse in this city. We are the ones that can lead them. Amen. But we've got to, it's got to start down on our knees. Amen. Amen. I, you know, I've got family in Louisville, Kentucky that, that are not in church. And I've tried talking to them. They don't want to listen, Brother Danny. But I'll tell you who they will listen to. Because <laughs> I know personally when God gets a hold of them, it doesn't matter. So I, I, give them, I want to give them every opportunity. I want them to have every opportunity to know that they're lost and that they need a Savior. That they, need, that they are lost. They need Jesus. They don't need religion. They need Jesus. Amen. And so how is that going to happen? Me calling them up on the phone and bugging them and nagging them about it and sending them tracks and all this stuff. That, that might work a little bit, but really what's really going to work? Is me, like Brother Parker was been talking about, taking them and putting them on the altar and interceding and travailing for them. Amen? God will do more with that in five seconds than I can do in, in years of, of getting on their case and trying to talk to them. Because I've tried to talk to them. And they've got their mind set. They, it's like they've got those blinders on and they only see what they want to see. They only see their religion. They don't see anything else. And so... I can't get the blinders off. It took God to get the blinders off of Saul to wake him up, get him to see what he needed to see. Then he turned around and then he could use him. Amen. And so intercession and travail is important. Amen. It's an important part of our life. And it says in that scripture, in Second First Timothy chapter 2, it says, I exhort thee, therefore, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and honesty. And that word exhort, I kind of keyed on that word a little bit, that word exhort, what does that mean? Is that a suggestion? Is that just a, an, it's, would you like to? No, it's not what it means. It's The word in, in the Greek is parakaleo. And it means to beseech, to entreat. It means like, I'm, I'm trying to get your attention here. This is really important. You need to do this. I admonish you. I, I'm instructing you. It's not an invitation. I'm telling you. you are, he's, it's almost like the Lord is, it, like Paul is saying, I command you to do it. You've got to do this as an apostolic, as a Christian. Amen. To invoke by imploration, that means to, to urgently beg somebody, please do this. These souls, are they need this. Your family member that you're praying for, they need you to pray. They need you to intercede. They need you to tra- travail. When you're travailing and you're interceding, you're bringing forth something. Just like a woman bringing forth birth of a child. You're birthing something. Amen. Amen. That's right. And so, 
we are we are advised that we need to do this to intercede and and it doesn't say travail but i'm kind of adding that in there to travail to to take those people to prayer and it's you know it's a it's a prayer life it's not it's a duty that we do it's one of those things that we're supposed to do bible says pray without ceasing amen in everything, give thanks. So when I hear, when I read, pray without ceasing, that means like, while I'm sitting there at Gunderson Hospital this afternoon, and my partner is up, excuse me, testing smoke detectors, and I'm waiting for the signals to come in at the panel. What am I doing while I'm sitting there? Am I playing on my phone on the internet? Am I? What am I doing? And I'm, I'm. Sometimes I do. You know, view the the news on the internet. I'm trying to keep up with current events, but then sometimes it's like I have an opportunity right now. In between him calling me, I can be praying. I can you know redeem the time because the days are evil. And so that's what I'm doing when I'm driving home from work. I'm not turning the radio on. I just leave that thing off anymore. I'm just talking to God on the way home. I'm feeling His presence in that truck as I'm driving home because. I want my father to know I love him. And I want to have that relationship, you know, like brother and sister Rappish or anybody that's got a relationship in here, you know. Like my kids when I was raising them, they knew. When a certain when I had a certain look on my face, they knew if it was bad news or good news. And we know in our relationships with those people that we love and we're close to, sometimes words don't have to be said. A look says a lot. And so I want to have that sensitivity to the to this voice of the Lord that when he says something to me, when he just prompts me in my spirit to pray for somebody like he did when I was in that service in Okinawa to pray for somebody I didn't even know. He didn't, never gave me a name or anything. Didn't show me a face. He just He just laid it on me to pray. I want to be sensitive and know that. And I can't be sensitive... You know, if you don't have a relationship with somebody and you don't have that close of a relationship where just a look will send a more powerful message than any words would ever send, if you don't have that kind of relationship with him, that's not going to happen. And I want that closeness with my father where it's not just a duty, where it's I can't wait. When we, my wife and I were dating, we were in training at Fort Gordon in Augusta, Georgia, and she was on one floor of the building. And I was on another floor of the building because they separated the males and the females. Back in the old days. <laughs> but, I mean, it was like I had to, it, would, it took a lot of effort for me to just get to spend time with her. And it was only a short little, you know, 10 or 15 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, because she had her schedule and I had mine. We really didn't get a lot of time together throughout the day. And so I, I valued that time. I couldn't wait to just stay. And most of the time it was just standing in the stairwell in the barracks just talking to her. It it wasn't like we went out on a date or anything. Our date was standing in the stairwell (laughs) with all the other little couples that were meeting in the stairwell. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) She's giving me a look. (laughs) 
Amen. But I valued that time. It was it was valuable to me. And I, I walked away from that thinking I wished I had spent five more minutes, but I was glad I got the 15 I got. And so we need to look forward to that time with the Lord. I mean, it needs to be something that we value and look forward to, not just, i got to get my prayer time out. Okay. Ready? Boop. Go. Okay. And then you set your timer on your phone, and when the alarm goes off, you stop. Okay. That's enough. See you later. I don't want to do that. Now, in the morning, sometimes I have to do that because I have to go to work. But I make sure I'm up with plenty of time to spend time with my father, not just 15 minutes. It's my time. It's quiet. The only thing making noises are those trains going by. (laughs) Amen. Amen. But, But it's that time. Amen. With him, it's important that I start my day spending it with him. Amen. And so that's that's those times when I want to hear his voice, that quiet of the day, prompting me to pray for individuals, pray for the guys I work with. That's where I get a lot of things taken care of in the morning, in that nautical hour. Amen. And so we've got to have that prayer life. It's got to be more than just a duty. It's got to be more than just something that we... We're checking that off of our list. Amen. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. Amen. I I don't know about you, but I want the Lord to be able to just prompt me at any time if I'm in the middle of driving down the road to pray for somebody like I did with that individual that I prayed for. I don't know that I'll be able to do it exactly that way while I'm driving, but the Lord can prompt you at any time. And I want to be sensitive to that. I want to know... Because the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And when the Bible says the word man, it doesn't mean male. It means humanity. It means humans. So it's everybody, male and female. Amen. And so we've got to be sensitive. Amen. And and so going on here, uh, and I just wanted to read one scripture real quick while I'm on that subject of intercession and travail and the soul's of people that need salvation. It's in the book of Psalms, chapter 79. Psalms, chapter 79. And verse 11. Amen. Everybody there? Amen. Sword drill. <laughs> Amen. Got to know how to use your sword. Seventy-nine, eleven. Psalm seventy-nine, eleven. It says, "Let the sighing of the prisoner come before thee, according to the greatness of thy power. Preserve thou those that are appointed to die." Now, who are those that are appointed to die? It's talking about spiritual death. Those that are lost. Those that are without hope in this world. Those that are without Jesus, that are without the Holy Ghost, that have not had the blood of Jesus applied to their lives. Those are the ones. And that scripture talks about, let the sighing of the prisoner come before thee. They're out there. They're lost. You have no idea how many of those people go back to their 
dorm room or their their home or wherever they go at night and they lay in their bed and they cry because even though they're doing those things they're miserable they're unhappy they want they, they want everybody that they see to think they're happy but when the doors are closed and the lights are turned off they're not happy and so when i'm interceding when i'm travailing for somebody i'm praying like okay god Take their sleep away from them if you have to. Wake them up in the middle of the night. Get a hold of them. Let everything that they do make them just feel miserable. Let that alcohol have a foul taste to it. Let, you know, you, you can't, God's not going to go against our will. He's not going to go against our will. He gave us that will. And if we want to go that way, he's not, he's, he might pr- try to prompt us not to, but he's not going to stop us going to let us go amen he let the prodigal just the father let the prodigal just go and squander all of his money amen he wanted his son to learn a lesson amen and so there these souls out there they're they're sighing they're prisoners and they don't even know it so they need us to intercede they need us to travail so we need to be christian soldiers in prayer Amen. Amen. What did they do? How did the day of Pentecost fully come? What were they doing before that? Praying. We don't really know how many days they were praying, but it was a lot. I'm just, I think it was around 10 days, might have been 20. Prayer meeting. So they were missing work, and they're, I mean, there was, you know, family. But they were told to go to the upper room and pray for the promise of the Father. And he never said how long to pray. Pray until something happens. Amen. And so sometimes we just we just have to pray. We just have to keep praying. Just because we don't get the answer right away doesn't mean that he's not answering. As one preacher said one time, we pray, God answers, but details take time sometimes. God is working some things out in their life. He's positioning them to get to the place where they have nowhere else to turn but Him. To see if they'll turn. And if we try to force the issue and try to make it happen, it's not going to happen. We're probably going to frustrate it. Amen. So, anyway, moving on. uh, Number three there is talking about giving of thanks. That scripture talks about giving of thanks. Paul told the church in Thessalonica, in everything, give thanks. So what is everything? If you do the, uh, if you do the scholarly thing and you look that, those script, that scripture up in the, in the Greek, and you break that down in the, in the concordance and you know, go all deep like that, it, that's what you find out. It means everything. <laughs> everything. If it's bad or if it's good. If it's bad news, good news. If, if you're having a bad day or a good day. God's blessing you either way. If you have life in your body and you're walking around, He's blessed you with another day. Amen. He, he never promised us that this would be a rose garden. Matter of fact, He said... All who live godly in Christ Jesus shall shall suffer persecution. Shall suffer persecution. 
So, you know, in this scripture, the key scripture, it says that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. We got to be careful that we don't read that and go, well, I need to have a quiet and peaceable life all the time then. Because there's that other scripture that says, all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So I, I think that what that, I haven't studied it out, but I think that what that's talking about, pray for your leaders, pray for the king, pray for the president, pray for those that are in authority over you, that they'll make right decisions that won't adversely affect you. Because if we might be the only ones praying for them. You know, we need to pray for our mayor in this city. You know, the people in the city council that are making all these decisions that we don't like. You know, yeah, we can vote, but we can vote even louder with prayer. Amen? I'm getting off this. Anyway, giving of thanks. And we should give thanks in everything. Give thanks in everything. Be thankful. Amen. What does the Bible say in, I believe it's 1 Timothy 3, 1? Or Second Timothy three one, in the last days perilous times shall come in shall be lovers of their own selves, proud boasters, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unthankful. I don't want to be lumped in with the unthankful crowd. That, that's not a nice scripture if you keep reading that. In the last days, men shall be lovers of their own selves is where that starts, and then all the other stuffs lumped on after it. So I don't want to be lumped in with that group of lovers of my own self. I'm, that means I'm putting me first. That means I'm saying my way is better than God's way. I'm going to do what I want to do. Amen? But we weren't saying that when we went down in the watery grave in Jesus' name. We were saying, that's it. My hands are off the wheel, God. You're in charge. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> that's a song, in case you didn't know. <laughs> But that's what we did. We told Jesus, you're in charge. Don't put your hand back on the wheel when you've done that. Just let go. If stuff starts going crazy in your life, just like Job, it's all part of the plan anyway. Amen. Sometimes he's just trying to find out how much we love him. How much we trust him. He's never going to leave us or forsake us. He's not going to destroy us. And it's just like that story Sister Parker told about that guy. Oh, don't pray for my healing. I'm going to see Jesus. Don't pray for my healing. Just pray I reach one more person before before I go. <laughs> Amen. So we can always find something to be thankful for. Every day. Amen. I mean, literally, first words out of my mouth in the morning are, thank you, God, for giving me life and health and breath in my body. And then I, I pray scriptures like, in him we live and move. And so I make it personal. In you, I live and move and have my being. Except I abide in you and your words abide in me, I can do nothing. I might walk out this door today and do some stuff, but I can't accomplish anything of value unless I let him work through me lead me and guide me order my steps guide my thoughts guide my words don't let me open my mouth and start running it 
You know, help me, God. I'm still flesh. I need your help. I can't do this without you today. But thank you, God, for this opportunity. You, you know, you think about it. He, you slept all through the night, and he didn't take your breath. So you woke up. He gave you all those breaths all night long. He let you wake up to breathe another day. So you've got a lot to be thankful for. Before you ever leave your house, before you ever leave your bedroom, you've already got enough to be thankful for. I mean, if he doesn't do anything else, he's done enough at that point. Amen. And so we ought to give thanks to God for his mercy. Amen. Now, the way I define mercy is we didn't receive something we deserved to receive. We didn't get the punishment we deserved. He had mercy. Amen. I remember having little wrestling matches with my brothers growing up, and they would get me in a hole, and I'd be having to cry uncle, which is the same as crying mercy. <laughs> right? Nobody, Anybody else ever done, cried uncle? Yeah, I'll admit it. I, I'm a big guy, but I've cried uncle before. Amen. And I wanted that mercy. I wanted him to stop. It was starting to hurt, you know. Stop. Okay, all right, all right, I give, I give. Amen. And we don't want to have to get that way with God. Okay, okay, okay. I give, I give, I give. I'll, I'll do it. Amen. <laughs> anyway. You know, you think about Israel. They were in bondage for 400 years. Making bricks out of mud and and straw. 400 years. You don't believe that? Go over there and look at those pyramids. They built them. Most of them. Right? And so, they were supposed to be thankful for that. Have any of us been in bondage like that lately? No. I mean, we got, we are blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed. We sing that song, I am blessed. I am blessed every day that I live. I am blessed when I wake up in the morning or I lay my head to rest. I am blessed. I am blessed. Amen. You got to get that song in your head in the morning when you wake up. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You might be suffering. You might be in pain. But you're blessed. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank Him for His goodness. Thank Him for His mercy. Thank Him for His holiness. Thank Him that He took your robe, your old nasty, raggedy robe that you were wearing, and gave you a robe of righteousness. Just like that prodigal, when he he came home all stinky and smelly, his, uh, his dad said, oh, no, 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 no. Go wash him up, cut his hair, go get the royal robe, go get the ring. Go get some shoes, put them on his feet. That's what the Lord did with us when we came out of that water. When we when we began to serve the Lord, He took our nasty, moth-eaten, nasty, sin-filled robe off of us, and He put on His robe of righteousness on us. So we've got that to be thankful for. I'm not I'm not capable of being righteous by myself. I need Him every day to be righteous. It's His righteousness, not mine anyway. We've got to be thankful for our salvation, for our clear conscience. 
We were talking about that downstairs. I'm thankful that I have a clear conscience every day that I can wake up and I know where I've been and what I've been doing. And I have no, no guilt or, or anything like that in my life. I'm thankful for that because there's a lot of people, me, me included many years ago, that used to wake up like that, wondering where have I been and what have I done? And who did I do it with? Couldn't remember. I don't like that feeling. We've got to be thankful for deliverance. He's delivered us from a lot of stuff. Just think of the stuff that you didn't get involved in. Just be thankful that you didn't even want to try marijuana if you haven't tried it. That you haven't gone down that road. He's delivered you from that. Amen? Amen. You know, I think about the person that was raised in church, apostolic, that's never done any of that stuff. They've spent, then they're 70 years old and they've never done any of that stuff. God has delivered them from all of that mess through their whole life. Right? They never had to deal with that. Not saying that they weren't tempted to do it, but through all those times of temptation, God delivered them. And so the, even those people have something to be thankful for. Amen? Thankful for His grace. Amen? Thankful for His power, for He's made us sons. And daughters. He's made us to be his bride. Now, the bride has all the authority. <laughs> well, just about all the Might as well, right? But the bride of Christ, we have his authority. Just like that son, that prodigal son, when he came home and he had that ring put on his finger, that was the signet ring that he would, that was like a signature. Whenever a document was made up, when boom, when that wax was put on there and that ring was pushed in there, that's, that meant Daddy's signature, and that was good as gold. Contract. Amen. He has given us that authority as sons and daughters, as his bride. We have his authority. All power in, on heaven and earth belongs to him, even over the enemy, right? Now, he's still the God of this world. The devil is still the God of this world. He's not gone yet, but he's going to be. But in the meantime, we've got to deal with him. But he, he likes to lie. You all know that, right? He likes to tell us that he has authority and power, and he doesn't. I mean, you think about the devil didn't even know that he was trying to give all authority and power to Almighty God. He didn't know that Jesus was, he was trying to give him something that was already his. So he's kind of... I don't want to say stupid, but he did, he did get kicked out. Anyway, so we have that authority. That's, a, that's something to be thankful for. We can bind things in Jesus' name. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Shall have already been bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall have already been loosed in heaven. Because God doesn't work on our time schedule. He's already done it. He's already way ahead of us already. And so he's been so good to me. I just got to tell somebody. Amen. We got so much to be thankful for. We have been chosen to be his voice, his feet, his hands, his light in this city. Amen. The young preacher that was preaching last night that we were listening to. Uh, his mom and dad were, were in the military, and 
Liberia way, way back. And, and there was a man there, a missionary, that won this military man and his wife to the Lord in Liberia. And so this young man preaching was their son. And it was, you know, the progression of things. But he was talking about the net that, you know, this isn't the love boat. This isn't a, a cruise ship that we're on. It's a fishing vessel. And we have a net. A fisherman has a net. And what do you have a net for? Catch fish. So it's our job to just throw the net out. Catch fish. You just got to throw the seed out there sometimes. All the time. Is it always going to fall on good ground, Brother Terry? Nope. We got that scripture. It's going to fall on four different kinds of ground. Some good, some not so good. And that takes us right back to prayer. That takes us right back to what does a farmer do before he goes out and plants his crop in a new field? He goes through there, he plows it up, and then he goes through and pulls all the rocks and all the junk out of it. So what are we doing when we're praying and interceding? We're going through, pulling, plowing it up, pulling all the rocks out of it. Getting a hold of people's hearts through God. Thank, let's be thankful that we have the opportunity We've been chosen to be prayer warriors for the lost. Somebody prayed for you. There's another song. Somebody prayed for me, kept me on their mind, took the time to pray for me. I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed for me. Right? Anybody ever heard that? (laughs) Somebody prayed for you, kept you on their mind, took the time to pray for you. Amen. They didn't do it grudgingly, or they wouldn't have done it. Amen. Amen. You can thank God if you're sitting here, somebody prayed for you. That's something else to be thankful for. Somebody might still be praying for you. Some grandmother might have prayed for you that's long gone. And now God's answering their prayers now. You just don't know. God keeps our prayers. He bottles them up. He doesn't forget to answer a prayer. He doesn't this okay amen and it says to pray for all men jesus christ died for only a select certain group of people right right he only died for all the good-looking people and not for the ugly people right no that's not right (laughs) he would that all men All mankind might be saved. He would that they might, not that they all will be. And so he's not going to supersede their will, but he's going to use us to get to them. He's not, if he, just think about it, like I said Sunday, if he didn't, if he wanted to just save everybody, he could just push us to the side and just do it. But he won't do that. He needs us. You know, he, he planted a seed in us, and so it's the, the farmer doesn't think about every little seed he drops. He just keeps, boom. You know, when I used to seed my yard back in Louisville, when I would put grass seed down, I didn't go back and check every little seed to make sure it landed just right. I just pushed that little spreader around, and when, I, when it was empty, I stopped. And if some of that seed took, it took. If it didn't, <laughs> I never knew. But I could tell. Well, I bought that kind of seed where they couldn't eat them, so anyway. But I could tell by the time that seed started coming up, the grass looked thicker. So I knew some of it took. 
Amen. And so we, we get too worried about, and I'm including myself in this, about, well, I don't know, I don't know if I should cast seed over there. Well, we don't need to worry about that. We just need to throw it out there. You know, you, Bible says be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Amen. We got to just, you know, we're reaching. We're, we're throwing the net in the water to see if we can catch a fish. Amen. Let God get them, get them in the boat and then let God deal with them. Amen. So Jesus Christ died for all mankind. <laughs> Brother Rich. Amen. For all men. About, we talked about in this the key scripture. Praying for all men. All mankind. You know, these situations that are going on in the news, we've got to pray for those situations with, you know, the Black Lives Matter and all that stuff going on. And, you know, there was a shooting in an elementary school in South Carolina today, and some kid went in there, you know. And, I mean, we've got to pray. Amen. We can't do anything about that from here, but we can pray. Amen. The effectual fervent prayer availeth. Much. Even Jesus told his disciples to pray for to pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. What? I gotta pray for that boss that is treating me like dirt today and tomorrow and every day and the next day? Yes, you do. Especially him. Amen. There's one scripture in the Bible, I believe it's in the Old Testament, that says he talks about heaping coals of fire upon their head. Amen? Amen. You can just make their life so that they just have no choice. <laughs> Amen. And they, they have no idea where it's coming from. But not only do you got to pray for that individual, but you got to have a right attitude and a right spirit when you're around them. You just kind of defeat the whole purpose of praying if you go in and you just nasty back. Right? Because they don't know what to do with somebody that just takes it. Like Jesus took it, right? Did he just take it and keep taking it? They kept punching him and they kept saying, okay, who hit you? And he just kept taking it. And then he hung up on the cross there and he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. They have no idea what they're doing or who they're doing it to. Because if they did, they wouldn't be doing it. And so we're his kids. And he knows what we're going through, so we give it to him. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Just cast it on him. Amen. The silent witness of you not responding to that speaks volumes to those people. And then you're praying for him on top of it. Amazing what can take place. And Jesus, the Bible talks about He is interceding for us. He's, he's our Father. He's, ta- he's looking out for us every day. And so that's why it's important to have that relationship. He'll tell us what to do and what not to do. Don't think about what you're going to say. Just, just go. I'll give you what to say. Amen? And that kind of goes back to Something that Brother Parker preaches a lot here about knowing this book. Putting, hiding the Word of God in your heart. The more of it you got in there, the more of it, it it becomes like a filter. 
When things happen in your life, it becomes like a filter. Everything that happens, you filter it through with the Word that's in you. You go, wait a minute, wait a minute, that doesn't line up with the Word. So that, that, but if you don't have very much of a filter, you don't, you don't have anything to, to compare that to. You're not sure if what you're hearing is good, bad, right, or wrong. So it's good that we have this Word in us. Amen. I'm doing good. And we've got to pray for one another. Amen? Amen. We've got to pray for our brethren. Amen. The enemy would love to get inside the church and create discord and infighting and all these things and get us to not, instead of praying for each other, attacking one another and gossiping about one another and all these things that are not of God. Amen. I will guarantee you that this man that stands in this pulpit right here prays for every one of us every single day. He calls our name out every single day. Amen. Because the Bible says he that as him that must give an account. Amen. And so he's going to hold us accountable if he gives us opportunities. See, all those things that happen in your life, all those that turmoil and all that mess at work, and all that stuff that goes on, people mistreating you and treating you bad and talking about you and doing stuff to you, those are all opportunities to pray. And if we miss the opportunity to pray because we want to have an attitude or we're not walking, you know, in the Spirit and we're walking in the flesh, we miss the opportunity. And once an opportunity is missed, it's gone. Like birds out of trees, they're gone. They're not coming back. And so, amen, I I have sometimes have to remind myself. I even get to where I want to just take matters in my own hands. But I have to remind myself, this is... This person wouldn't act like this if they had the Holy Ghost, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> we had a young Navy guy in the church in Okinawa would say that all the time. Oh, he wouldn't act like that if he had the Holy Ghost. Bill Burdick, he was just, he was just one of those soul-winning people. He'd just tell them, no, no, if you had the Holy Ghost, you, wouldn't, you just wouldn't act like that. Well, what's the Holy Ghost? Well, let me tell you. And that's, uh, you know, that's, everybody's approach is different. Amen. But he was he was a big old guy, and he could do that. And people were afraid he, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I better listen. He might beat me up. <laughs> but anyway, you know, we, we've got those opportunities. Amen. Amen. There's, there's a whole church full of people that haven't seen the fit to come through this door yet, but they're going to. Amen. We've got to pray them in here. Amen. We can stick all the signs out in the yard we want, inviting them to come in. We can go knock on all the doors we want, pass out all the tracks we want. But if we don't plow the ground and get their hearts ready to receive what we have, I mean, this is just my opinion. We're, we're doing this in vain. Amen. So we've got to, we've got to plow the ground and get it ready. Amen. Effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. And we pray with understanding. We know who our Father is. We know in whom we have believed. And He is able to keep that which we have committed unto Him against that day. He knows. 
He's going to answer. Amen. Got to pray the chains off of him, just like the man that was in the the man the man from Gadara. Jesus just the, the first thing he had to do. The blinders had to come off. The spirits had to come out, and the chains had to come off. And then he was free. He was clothed and in his right mind when they found him the next day. Amen. So that that when you read that that he was clothed and in his right mind, that means before that he wasn't in his right mind. And he surely wasn't clothed. If you read the Bible, he was running around naked. And so he was clothed and in his right mind. When, the, when somebody prayed, when Jesus dealt with him and got the spirits out of there. Amen. And so we've got to pray for one another. Amen. Amen. We've got to pray for our bosses. We've got to pray for our family members. Amen. Should I pray for the ones that are in church? Absolutely. Amen. Because the enemy is still working. Amen. He is still working. He'd still like to get you on a hook like a big old fish or get you on a on the wall like a big deer head and say, I got another trophy. I got another one to walk away from God. Amen. And believe me, it's going to happen. Their people are going to... Job's own wife said, won't you curse God and die? And then his two friends came and his encouragers. Amen. Oh, you, you've done something wrong. You've sinned. You, you've done something terrible. You had to. And all it was was just God testing Job and saying, sure, go ahead. Take all this stuff. Go ahead. Take his health. Just can't take his life. Amen. And Job got to learn something through all that. Amen? To trust God. Because he is the infinite, almighty God. We can't even begin to understand what that means. Right? Can anybody t- explain to me what that means? Because I, I can't explain it. But he, he, he's before all things and he's after all things. So he, we, we can't put him in a box. So he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. You know, let your mind go wild. He can go beyond that. Let your mind go wild beyond that. He can go beyond that. There, he has no limits. He has no boundaries. Amen? So one of the most important things that you as a Christian soldier must, must learn to do is pray. Amen? We were, we were saved to win others. Amen. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And if you read in the book of Acts chapter 2, after, after when you get past Acts 2.38, what did they do? They went about from house to house praying and having fellowship. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. That meant that they were busy doing God's business. They weren't Bible school graduates. They weren't they weren't scholars, but they were sharing what they did have. I can't explain it, but all I know is I went to an altar and repented and something happened and I began to speak in an unknown tongue and I don't know what it was, but I felt the power of God all over me and, and my life has never been the same since. I mean that that'll go a long way and you haven't even quoted a scripture yet. Your testimony is powerful. Amen?
Hallelujah. And Jesus said, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets so that they can be seen, right? Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. doesn't say when, but he will. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they do think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. You know, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. He's wanting to have a conversation with us. We can talk to him like I'm talking to you. And then we can be quiet and listen. Same thing you do in a conversation, right? You talk, and then he talks. Then you talk, and then you. And there's listening involved there, right? So we need to be good listeners, right? Be not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of, even before you ask. After this manner, then, therefore pray ye, and then it goes on, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy will be done on earth. Father, let your will be done right here on this earth as it's already been decided in heaven. He's not waiting for us to pray this so that he can then make a decision. He's already decided. We just need to pray that his will, that he's already decided it to be done here. And it's his will for this place to be so full of people that we have to either build another building or move out and go somewhere else or whatever. But that's his will. Whether his will takes place or not is all up to us to bring it here through prayer. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power. The kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, Father, now and forever. I don't get any of the glory if a soul comes in here that I invited to church. I don't get any glory for that. I was just a vessel, some plant. Some water, but God gives the increase. Sometimes all you're there for is to plant. Boom, you're done. Maybe you're there to water. You're watering what somebody else planted. You don't even know who planted the seed, but you're there to water it. And then you're done. But God's going to give the increase when it's planted and watered and it's sitting on good ground. It's going to sprout up. God's going to get the glory for that. He's going to add to the church daily such as should be saved. Matthew 6, 5 through 13 talks about that we must pray without ceasing in everything that we should give thanks, for this is the will of Christ concerning you. So we've got to pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Pray without ceasing. Don't stop. Till when? When, when do we stop praying? When, when you die or when Jesus comes. <laughs> Until the Lord comes, we need to be busy about our Father's business, not anybody else's. (laughs) Amen. Let the devil worry about it. Let God worry about their business. Pray for them. That's another opportunity to pray. Amen. There's going to be wickedness on the earth. There's going to be things that are going to happen. People are going to be that way. People are going to turn from God and reject Him. That's fine. That's their decision. That's their choice. Pray for them. Move on to the next one. Find somebody that's hungry. 
Pray for them. When you find a hungry one and you start praying for them, they'll get hungrier. You just start dropping little seeds. Just drop one scripture and just leave it there. Just see what happens. And then next time you see them, I know Brother Terry's talked about this with these guys at work. He just drops little things. And then the next day they're like, man, can you give me another one of those scriptures, man? It's, you know, because some people have never even opened the Bible. They don't even know that nobody raised them to know what this. I was like that. I, I never looked at a Bible till I was about 26. I was amazed by it. I got stuck in the book of Proverbs for like six months. It was an old Bible that somebody that died had before me. And so the guy had highlighted all kinds of stuff in there. And I thought, dear God, he's written in the Bible. But I found that he had highlighted all this stuff. And it was so just amazing. Because I was raised that this was a holy book. You don't do anything to this. Mm-hmm, I had no idea. It's just paper and ink. It's, it's him, his word. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand. And you can stop that. And then I'll take care of it.